Nourish your inner power with alcohol-free organic sparkling teas and botanicals made with ethically sourced, regeneratively grow ingredients. That's right, drinksarilla.com. That's drink, S-A-R-I-L-L-A.com. And you can check out their variety of flavors from sparkling organic green hibiscus tea to sparkling organic white ginger tea. They have sparkling organic apple black tea, sparkling organic lemon black tea, Tulsi lime sparkling botanical, and rubus vanilla sparkling botanical as well. That's six different flavors to serve. Or you can check them out online and get the Cirilla starter pack sampler gift. Drinksarilla.com. Try it today. Welcome to the Bullish Picks Podcast. All information herein is for information purposes only. Nothing heard on this podcast is considered financial advice. Bullish Picks cannot and does not assess, verify, or guarantee the adequacy, accuracy, or completeness of any information heard on this show. The hearer bears responsibility for her or his own investment research and decisions. Great day, family. You are tapped into the Bullish Picks podcast with your main man, 100 Grand, Ken Blanks Harrell, right here, streaming on your favorite podcast and platform where we give you everything you need from Main Street to Wall Street so that you can navigate these choppy waters. You've got stock market questions. I've got stock market answers. Tap in. Catch me on IG at Ask Blanks. Today's topic, we're going we're talking about cannabis cannabis stock can you cash in on cannabis stocks or will they leave your portfolio up in smoke that's right will they leave your portfolio up in smoke spring we're here talking about the cannabis research bill um, that has been approved in congress in the united states that's a, a milestone happening the u.s house of representatives passed a bill to expand research on marijuana, including by letting scientists study products from dispensaries. The Senate approved a separate cannabis science bill last month. All right, so as you know, cannabis has been on the radar for quite some time. I believe it was 2018 when Canada legalized cannabis in all of its provinces. It was a lot of anticipation back then um, that there would be a spike cannabis-related stocks, whether they were Canada-based or U.S.-based. It didn't happen immediately, right? It didn't happen immediately after that. We were in a, in a transition of, of presidential administration. And then, as you know, a couple years later, we you know, got hit with the whole uh, COVID pandemic thing. And, you know, with uh, an international global health crisis at our hands, uh, things like cannabis fell to the wayside as far as being a priority, especially when a new president. You got to fix the pandemic the best way you can. I mean, politicians are not scientists. Um, however, um, someone has to step in and fix it. The administrative presidential administration had to come in and do something with even with so many Americans being unemployed, people um, having to have supply chain issues, interest rate hike, inflation at the pump. It's just so many issues going on. The war in Europe, you know, how can cannabis be at the forefront of anyone's priority? But it's been flying under the radar lately. And some people have been stockpiling. I mean, literally loading up on shares because most of the top names in cannabis 
have been far to the purpose. Their share price has been decimated. Most of them consider like in penny stock zone right now. You can still uh, look at some bargain buys from some of the oldies but goodies. We're going to cover some of those names today. We're going to look at some of them and see kind of where they are. Talk about where what kind of statistics they have as far as what they do as far as their respective niche in the market or niche for those who say niche or niche. I don't know what what you want to roll with, but we're going to look at that stuff and see if there's been any, uh, you know, what our sentiment may be. We'll look under the hood at a few of the companies and do a thorough fundamental analysis, see how they manage their their money. Uh, we'll also look at some technical analysis to see maybe there are some potential buying opportunities, some potential entry points, if you will. Because um, these stocks, some of them have been heating up, you know, with some volatility. So we'll jump into that. And as always, you're encouraged to tap in. You're encouraged to tap in. Um, there's always going to be a link posted so that you can um, share if you want us to ever take a look at any particular ticker that you may have on your wish list or your watch list or that's already in your portfolio, don't hesitate to reach out to us and we'll take a peek at that as well. So that being said, want to kind of jump into it and take a look at some of the oldie but goodie companies. Some of you guys have reached out to me, um, direct messages and whatnot to uh, look at some. So we'll start with CGC, ticker symbol CGC, and that is the Canopy Growth Corporation, Canopy Growth Corporation. Before we look under the hood, we're just going to kind of walk around the car, if you will. You know, currently at the time of this recording, Canopy Growth Corporation, ticker CGC, is trading at $7.39 per share. I'm looking at some of its key statistics. Is 52-week range. It has a 52-week low of $7.33. So getting it at $7.39 is only six cents above the floor. All right, not a bad, not a bad entry point potentially. I'm sorry, that's the day's range. That's the day's range. It's been as low as 7.33 for the day, as high as 7.94 for the day. The 52-week range has been as low as five dollars and sixty-two cents. All right, currently trading at 739. It's been as high as $32. It's been as high as $32 within the last 52 weeks. So within the last year, you could at some point uh, got, you know, caught canopy growth at $32. So if you could have got in around five and got out of 32, you would have killed the game. Now, of course, if you got in around 30 and it's now 739, then the game killed you. So it's very important to know your risk to reward ratio, your risk tolerance, and know when you want to get in and when you want to get out, right? What price point makes sense for you from a prop, a target profit, right? You just don't go in blindly buying companies and just because the price looks cheap, looks good, it may not be a good price. And sometimes because a price looks bad, don't necessarily mean it's a bad price. You have to do a thorough analysis because price is never the most important thing to consider when investing in stocks. Actually, I may look at 20 different indicators. I literally may look at 20 different um, pieces of data, data points to determine whether or not a company is something I want to, you know, is something I want to be involved in, right? Because we're out here to put our money to work. All right, you know it's that time. We're going to hear a quick word from our sponsors. 
Drone Logistics Services offer kids ages 8 to 16 a drone course that will teach you everything you need to know about drone technology. Starting with basic and advanced technology, the course will help you to learn how to fly a drone, fix a drone, code a drone, build a drone, create a drone flying course, flight simulator, and get insightful information about FAA rules and regulations. Check out the website DroneLS.org. That's DroneLS.org. Drone Logistics Services. Give us a call today, 908-209-2794. That's 908-209-2794. 908-209-2794. Ladies and gentlemen, not put it to waste. Put your money to work, not to waste. And the way you put it to work is by you doing your homework, doing your thorough deep dive to see what the situation is. And so we always start with the fundamental analysis. Fundamental analysis will just teach you, is this a good company to buy, period, right? Straight up, is it a good company or is it junk? And then the technical analysis will teach you, is this a good time to buy that company? Is it a good time? Because timing is important. You could buy the right company at the wrong time and you'll lose money. Or you could buy the wrong company at the right time and you'll make money. So time is always an important factor um, to have on your side. And being patient. Being patient when we speak about time. Because there's some folks out there who invested in cannabis stocks a whole long time ago. And before, even before Canada went legal. And so with, if we get to the point where it's fully legalized in the United States, Canada, and we're uh, all systems go to reopen fully, you know, all different businesses and aspects, especially outdoorsy stuff, events, you know, you never know where, where this uh, industry could go. And there's a lot of different, not only a lot of different companies, a lot of different players in the, can in the cannabis space, um, they all have a variety of different ways they can participate in it, right? Some companies deal with the cultivation, the cultivation of cannabis. They're like literally touching the plant, the seeds, the whatever, the soil, the nutrients. Uh, some companies that are in the equipment space, whether it's the, the ballast and light hoods and fans and grow rooms or vacuums, whatever they use, vaporizers, I don't know. The stuff they use to to cultivate, right? Some sometimes equipment is just could be security systems, right? That's equipment. Some people build out large facilities, warehouses or pole barns or, you know, what have you. But equipment is one angle. Some companies have an angle that is based on CB CBD, the oils, right? Or um, whether it's a topical or it could be some people, uh, some companies create like pills for ingestion. There's you know, a variety of different ways you can get into it on the CB, CBD side, which is totally different than the THC side, which is completely different than the hemp side, right? Some companies focus on hemp and it's many, 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 many industrial usages, right? Hemp is historically known as a cash crop, been around for thousands, probably tens of thousands of years and has traveled all over the world and has had a variety of different uses from, you know, 
making textiles and uh, rope parachutes, even in the what was like World War One insulation for vehicles. I mean, so many different uses for industrial hemp. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. I encourage you guys to do some research on that just to get more familiar with and highly respect um, that that particular cash crop. So anyway, all that to say is I want to set the stage for one of the more popular companies. We said we're going to look at CGC, Canopy Growth, which is uh, was one of the more popular early early companies to get out there as a as a first mover in that space so we left off talking about this 52 week range being at a low of five dollars and 62 cents and a high of 32 dollars um they have average volume their average three month volume is uh 8.11 million shares and volume is uh, simply just speaking of how popular is the stock how liquid is it how many shares are transacted on average so the average volume is eight roughly a little bit over eight million shares per day today's volume was just over seven million shares so not far off it's a little under its average but i do look for things like peculiar spikes in volume like if it was if this average is eight million shares and we saw all of a sudden today 15 million shares well, that's almost double the volume what's going on and what direction did the stock move so i do pay attention to things like volume um currently it doesn't have a P.E. ratio, so that leads me to believe that Canopy Growth is not yet a profitable company because profitable companies have P.E. ratios, which is a price-to-earnings ratio. You take the P, which is price, and you divide it by a company's annual earnings, uh, their earnings per share, rather, their EPS, and that gives you the P.E. ratio. So essentially, it's just a multiplier of telling you, are you buying a stock at a good price, a reasonable price, or a bad price? All right, so from an earnings perspective, now that's not the only indicator you look at to make an investment decision. There's so many more things to, to consider above and beyond P.E. ratio, but at a glance, at a at just a mere glance, it'll let you know, are you overpaying or underpaying for a particular uh, ticker? So um, that's something I do look at and consider. But as I mentioned earlier in the show, I consider probably like 20 different data points before pulling a trigger on any company um so let's keep uh looking at uh canopy growth here um, market capitalization is 2.91 billion dollars so market capitalization is how many outstanding shares are out there multiplied by today's stock price so based on that today canopy growth is worth 2.91 billion but if canopy growth stock price would say you know, $15 a share instead of $7.39, then it would be worth, you know, roughly $6 billion. It'd be, you know, over double. So that's kind of. You know, a lot of people have been asking me, Ken, can we get uh, a one-on-one session with you? Absolutely. Not only can you get a one-on-one session, you can even do private group sessions. Give us a call, 313-744-3489 private stock market workshops, webinars, one-on-one sessions, private group sessions, speaking and gave and workshops, whatever you need. We have, we cover savings, banking, investing, real estate, credit, lending, taxes, insurance, and more. Give us a call, Bullish Institute, 313-744-3489. That's 313-744-3489.
the game go. Market capitalization is really telling you how much the company is worth. The price don't, don't really tell you nothing because you might look at a company and say, well, this stock price is only $7.39 a share. It's probably not worth much. But then you discover, well, that even though it's a cheap stock price, the company's worth almost $3 billion. And $3 billion isn't, isn't um, anything to sneeze at. That's definitely a company that has some, some uh, you know, value behind it. So I go down, look at the five-year uh, monthly beta, and I'm taking this information from Yahoo Finance, folks. So if you're uh, following along with me, I'm looking at the summary page of Yahoo Finance, the free. All right, all right. And now for a word from our sponsors. The Bullish Picks podcast would like to thank Mr. Coleman Austin with Legal Shield. He can be reached at 313-218-1527. That's 313-218-1527. Big thanks to Mr. Coleman Austin, one of our top sponsors with Legal Shield. App you can download or you can go to the website for free. I like to always share free resources and tools that you can tap into. I mean, most of them do have a upgraded membership subscription-based thingy that you can join, but I'm not here to encourage you or endorse any of that stuff. Um, if I can point you in the direction of which you can use for free, I most certainly will do so. Um, so with that being said, um, their beta is a 1.95. Beta is essentially a measurement of risk, how risky is a stock. So a, uh, a stock with a beta of, say, uh, one isn't really considered risky. It means that whatever the, the market does, for the most part, your stock could do. Um, it's a uh, multiplier. So, for instance, if the stock market moved 3% and your company had a beta of one, um, then your company should move 3%. And conversely, if the stock market moved down by 3% and your company has a beta of one, your stock should go down by 3%. Now, let's assume that... Uh, your company has a beta of three, and the stock market still went up by three percent. Well, your company, will, your stock, it would go up essentially by nine percent because the multiplier you had a beta of three, you multiply three beta times a three percent market move. That's nine percent move for your stock, right? You it went up and yours went super up. So on the flip side, though, if the market does a three percent pullback and your stock has a beta of three your stock will do a 9% pullback. It will overreact because the multiplier is, a, speaking of the sensitivity of the stock price relative to the overall market movement. So the higher the beta, the more risky a stock is. That's the biggest takeaway. The higher the beta, the more risky the stock is. So if you see here Canopy Growth, ticker CGC, they have a beta of 1.95. So that essentially means that the risk level is double that of a conservative stock, right? It, it means that if the market goes up 3% today, then CGC would go up by 6% because it's essentially got a beta of basically 2, 1.95 is basic. And if the market went down by 3%, then canopy growth would probably go down by 6% is what that means. Now, keep in mind, beta doesn't always go that way it could be a beta less than one there are no negative numbers but it could be like 0.5 for instance which means that's a very conservative stock price right it's not going to overreact to market conditions so we use three percent movements in all of our examples so just to kind of land the plane on beta with this last example if the market moved up by three percent and your company had a beta of 0.5 then your company would only go up your stock would only go by 1.5 percent 
because the beta of 0.5, you know, is half. So you take 0.5, you multiply by the 3% move, that gives you the 1.5% move to the upside for your particular uh, ticker. Now, if the market, like in all examples, went down by 3% and your stock had a beta of 0.5, your stock price will only go down by 1.5% because 0.5 times 3% is 1.5. So all that being said, betas typically range from about a low of a 0.5, I've seen slightly lower, to a high of about 5, and I have seen slightly higher. But if you're getting in the betas, 3s, 4s, and 5s, those are extremely risky companies. It doesn't mean you're going to lose your shirt, um, but you could, right? Um, <laughs> that's very risky. So uh, that's something to consider. One thing I never do is play the game of dealing with a company with a high beta and low volume. That's a, that's a formula for disaster, high beta and low volume. That means you got something that's very risky that not a lot of people are interested in or aware of. So if you don't have an audience, if you don't have any volume or liquidity, you don't have anybody to, to ultimately sell your shares to. So you don't want to be caught up in high beta, low volume scenarios. If anything, you want low beta and high volume. Low beta and high volume is a much safer approach at that scenario so that being said because i know i'm like going line by line and stopping the going and teaching and stuff like that but i want you guys to be educated i want you to have an understanding of what we're talking about here um i know that um different listeners have different uh experience levels with uh trading or investing on wall street everybody has different comfort levels and aptitude so i want to make sure that no one's left out um i do teach my main thing is an educator so i want to make sure everyone is educated enlightened and ultimately empowered with this information so we left off on beta last thing i'm gonna do is uh look here it says on yahoo finance on the summary page the earnings date is scheduled for may 31st so always take note of when a company is going to announce their earnings earnings are very important right on a quarterly basis companies come out and they tell all of us they tell the world they tell the shareholders or even the potential shareholders, what they've been up to, what they've been doing. It's essentially a progress report, if you will. Like how we were in school back in the day, we had progress reports, report cards, yada, yada. This, these are the grades, right? On a quarterly basis, companies come out and they give us their earnings and we look under the hood and we analyze them. Um, a lot of them have uh, conference calls, earnings calls every 90 days where you can actually tap in and listen for free and, and listen to the CEOs and the vice presidents and the, the marketing directors and the whoever, whoever, uh, give their vision, give their analysis on how the previous quarter did, as well as give their outlook and sentiment on the quarter to come. And it's very important to tap into those calls because they're going to drop the jewels. They're going to give you the keys. The, the We're going to get a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Bullish Picks Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by CRC Financial. The great people over at CRC Financial. Call them today and ask for a complimentary review of your current insurance, 401k, or annuity at 313-268-7205. That's 313-268-7205. Ask for Carla Wilson over at CRC Financial. Or for more information, visit crcfinancialllc.com. The kind of lead you down a path of is it bullish or is it bearish, right? Bullish being we're optimistic, we think that the prices are going to go up, or bearish being that we're pessimistic and we think that the prices are going to go down. 
And on a quarterly basis, these CEOs and all these top executives of these publicly traded companies come out and tell us what the deal is. And they're essentially in the hot seat. It's like a panel discussion where the smart folks over at all these big in institutional investment houses and equity firms, hedge funds, as well as mutual fund companies, they get on the little phone, they get on these conference calls, all the Wall Street analysts, and they ask the tough questions to the top executives of these publicly traded companies. We all get to listen and hear how they respond, right, and, and, and see what's really going on. Like, let's say a company lost a whole lot of money last quarter, did terrible. Well, shareholders want to know. Analysts want to know. Like, what's the, you know, explain to us why you lost all that money, how you lost all that money, and what is your plan to fix it? And what it was, how are things going to look, you know, moving forward? And they got to come and, and be transparent. And we get the benefit from eavesdropping. We get to listen to this conversation and see what's really going on. So highly encourage you guys to all tap into those quarterly conference calls. So I went down uh, the list of all the key summary-based data on CGC. We topped, uh, touched on their days range, 52-week range, volume, PE ratio, market capitalization, um, as well as the beta and the earnings date. Now, I didn't mention dividends. Some people are value investors and they like to invest in companies that pay dividends. Some companies declare, a lot of companies declare dividends and they typically are paid out on a quarterly or monthly basis. Um, however, CGC, Canopy Growth Corporation, does not offer dividends at this time. Again, companies can declare dividends. They're essentially promises of extra money. They're not guaranteed. So when I look at investing long-term, you know, dividends are essentially free money. That's a, that's a great play if you can get it. But I look at it as icing on the cake, right? The cake, for the most part, on Wall Street is appreciation, buying low and selling high, buying something like Canopy Growth around $7 and eventually selling it for $20, $30 is the, the cake of what happens. But if Canopy Growth paid a couple cents or a dollar or so, per share in dividends, then that would be, in my opinion, the icing on top of the cake. Um, you usually got to have a whole crap load of shares in order for the dividends to add up. All right? I believe like McDonald's pays like a $5 dividend, which is pretty high, but McDonald's stock, if I'm not, uh, let me look it up right now. As of today's recording, McDonald's stock is $248.51 a share. So you're paying almost $250 for uh, they pay $5.52 per share uh, dividend. So that's a yield of 2.24%. So some people pay the dividend game because the yield offsets the rate of inflation, which historically been around 3.5%. So before I get off into the deep end on that, dividends are icing on the cake. And if they got them, it's something to take note of because we'll take them. So what we're going to do now with CGC, we're going to go into the details page and see what they got to say about the company. I'm going to hit the details tab right here on Yahoo Finance, and I'm going to go down to the company profile. All right, it says Canopy Growth Corporation. They're in the healthcare sector, and the industry is considered drug manufacturers slash specialty engineering. All right, that's their industry. That's their niche. Full-time employees, 3,259 full-time employees, 3,259. Okay. So it says here under the company description, Canopy Growth Corporation, together with its subsidiaries, engages in the production, distribution, and sale of cannabis and hemp-based products for recreational and medical purposes, primarily in Canada, the United States, and Germany. 
it operates through two segments, one being global cannabis and the other um, is consumer products. The company's products include dried cannabis flowers, oils and concentrates, soft gel capsules. It offers its products under the Tweed, Quantrill, Deep Space, Spectrum Therapeutic, First and Free, TWD, This Works, BioSteel, DNA Genetics, Craft Grow, Tokyo Smoke, Doja, Vanderpop, and Bean and Bud brands. The company also provides growth capital and a strategic support platform that pursues investment opportunities in the global cannabis sector. Canopy Growth Corporation has a clinical research partnership with NEEKA Health Canada and NHL Alumni Association to examine the efficiency of the CBD-based therapies as a part of the mitigation of persistent post-concussion symptoms. All right, they're doing that with the NHL, National Hockey League's Alumni Association. As you know, a lot of hockey teams are in Canada, obviously, because Canada's where hockey was birthed. It says that the uh, company was formerly known as Tweed Marijuana Inc. and changed its name to Canopy Growth Corporation in September of 2015. Canopy Growth Corporation is headquartered in Smiths Falls, Canada. So quite a bit of information just taken from the details page. We can get the company's sector, industry, full-time employees, description, and it even tells you on that page who some of the, the top executives is and their compensation and their year of birth and all that other good stuff. All right, so that was walking around the vehicle. Last thing I want to do here for you folks is take a look under the hood. What's good, family? It's your main man, 100 grand, Ken Blank Sorrell. Tap in and catch me on IG at AskBlanks, A-S-K-B-L-A-N-K-S. Great meals start with Mount Sinai olive oil. Mount Sinai olive oil is first cold pressed with no added preservatives, which gives it a rich and delicious flavor. No matter what's for dinner, Mount Sinai olive oil is here with the delicious pure oil to pair it with. Shop online at MountSinaiOliveOil.com.